Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, Hyven Post on Tumblr, uh, joined with Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. Comma Splice. Oh, you went formal there. Uh, yeah. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me <laughs> at the hyphen real hyphen uh, comma Splice on Tumblr. And guile. Hey, wow. I went sexy there. No. I can't live up to that in a million years. Um, I'm guile, and I tweet at door podcast. Uh, I made myself blush. Okay. Uh, so You turned um, yourself on. We are reading. Actually, we're doing our returning to our favorite chapters. So this is one of those episodes. We're reading in a dance of dragons, the blind girl, and this is my pick. Um, so yay! Um, well, I wondered I should... whose pick this was. Mine. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this was mine. Is this the first Aria chapter we've ever done? It probably, probably. is. You know, so... it might be. And what a place to start her journey. <laughs> start at the end. At the end. <laughs> and I should specify that, of course, these are our non-Jamie and Brienne chapters when we pick these faves. Um, spoilers all, everything, A Song of Ice and Fire mostly, sometimes A Game of Thrones. And uh, let's just go right into it. Okay. Oh, first thing, uh, disclaimer. I am not going to be calling Arya the blind girl or blind Beth. She's Arya, okay? Thank <laughs> I know you. She's, yeah. No, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> this is George's worst conceit. This shit of like naming chapters the wrong thing. So stupid. <laughs> no, that we that. Well, can I just say it's a genuine pain in the ass when you have to go looking for this stuff? Is. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm on I'm trying to find this particular chapter and I'm like, okay, this one's called Tyrion and this one's called Jamie, but then we have the turn oh god, it's like Jesus George, just pick a convention. So no, it's it. important because like for people that, you know, aren't podcasting on the regular like we are and trying to do these chapters, we literally have to well, if you're using, you know, a hard copy book, you have to flip through the damn thing. Okay, that was the US one. Okay, I'm gonna mark it. That was two, that was three, that was shit, no, I'm reading right. the wrong chapters. <laughs> That's, yes, that's happened to me. It happens pretty times. easily. Yes. It happened to me once, too. I remember. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's just a simple number, you know, at the top of the yeah. name. That's all it needed. Yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> We're in fine form tonight. All right. <laughs> So we have Arya dreaming of hunting sheeps, dogs, men, meat is meat. And in these dreams, she's a wolf, if you're confused. <laughs> when she awakes, she's still blind. She rises from her uh, rake-stuffed mattress and splashes some cool water on her face while she recites um, her names in her heads, you know, all the people she wants to kill. And um, she thinks that these aren't her wishes anymore because she is 
no one. And let's see. Arya is adapting to being blind. She knows her socks by the stitching at the, the tops of each sock. And we get a descriptive passage about her breakfast, which I'm not going into. Um, and there's just not like a lot of descriptors about the tastes, the smells, the touches, the sounds. Like we're um, really getting a full picture of kind of, you know, what this is all meant to do. And that's get her in touch with her other senses and not relying on her sight so much. Um, she can tell the kindly man by the smell of the oranges on his breath. And he asks her, do you want your eyes back? And she says, no, I may want them tomorrow, but not today. He asks her where she's been begging. And he tells, she tells him the green eel. And then he asks her for what three things, um, new things does she know? Um, she gives him three things, but he's kind of meh on all of them. And then Arya thinks of offering. It is snowing in the Riverlands. But then she realizes he probably wouldn't like her answer for why she knows that information. Mm. I love this, but I, you know, it's so much fun to see her warging and to know that she knows that she's warging. It's, it's funny how she doesn't think too much about it, I guess. Like I mean, you see, you see a little more of like, you know, John, like kind of trying to figure it out, Brand kind of trying to figure it out, but Arya's just like, okay, well, this is how it is. So yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, I think she's, she's a younger. Work. Well, she's, <laughs> uh, she's Brand's younger than she is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if, it might true. be that she's better at it. I don't know. He seems more cerebral than her. So maybe he, he tends to like think that stuff out. It might be a personality yeah. difference. I mean, just in terms of what they're like. Hmm. Yeah, it might be. It's also well, probably a survival mechanism for her. I mean, he, at least for most of it, is with other people where she's, I mean, at this she's point. She always seems a little bit own. disconnected, too, in her, I don't know if that's the right way of putting it. Like, she's almost, um, I don't know, it's weird. She's I get a weird sense from her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it could be, too, if you think about, like, where she is right now. Like, she's seen a lot of weird shit, too, right? So she, she's just yeah. willing to be in touch yeah, with that's all the bizarre. I, true. I, I think it's pretty sad. She doesn't realize that this is Nymeria she's looking through, right? I think she, oh, I think she does, but I don't I think, think so. we ever really see her fully, like, think Name that. Yeah. yeah, but she clearly knows because she knows it's happening in Westeros and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she calls the other wolves her gray cousins, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. kind of indicating that she knows that she's in the dire wolf, not just like uh, yeah. not a yeah. regular wolf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it, it is amazing how she just kind of integrates it into her life. And I mean, when you think about the fact that she's having to live, you know, constantly undercover, constantly having to use, you know, secret identities and all these things. And then she also has this other identity at night when she's Nymeria. I mean, it is pretty amazing that she's keeping it together at all, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, part of her... I mean, like, there's that whole theme of all the Stark children are sort of all losing... Or people are trying to make them lose their identities. And I think in a way yeah. it's her... She holds on to this, you know, even in the 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 Winds sample chapter. I mean, Arya's in there, and I think this mm-hmm. is part of how she's holding on to it. She's, like, stronger than the House of Black and White, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. 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 She's got a secret weapon. <coughs> yeah. 
so um, <laughs> she uh, instead offers some information about this Merlin queen that was chosen um, to be the new mermaid to take the <clears> place <throat> of the one that drowned. And uh, she says she's a serving maid, 13 penningless and lovely. And then the kindly man says, you know, so are they all at the beginning? And then he reminds her that she has no eyes. So how could she know that this girl is lovely? He asks her, who are you? Her reply, no one. So I don't know. I just, I kind of pulled out that little bit because I just, the way that I thought it was well written, like he's trying to get her to, you know, work off information you actually know instead of what you hear or your assumptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing about dance and even, you know, in the wind sample chapters too, is that they're like extremely well written. You know, the mm-hmm. writing is, I feel like, I always feel like the writing in any given chapter is stronger than the writing earlier in the series. Um, it's more of like the meandering of the plot that can get frustrating, but like his actual writing is, you know, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I feel like the prose is a lot more vibrant as you get into yeah. dance. And that's really clear here because he has to um, evoke so many senses other than sight. Do you think yeah. that he blindfolded himself to like <laughs> prepare to write this chapter? <laughs> And he was like, my wife's lips smell like oranges. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I would if I was. Yeah, I think so. He might have. He might have He might have talked to someone who was vision impaired. Yeah, yeah. Because he's done that in the past, right? Um, with other characters. I think I've heard, read that, you know, like he... Um, with a little person and for Tyrion and mm-hmm. yeah maybe and there's just things I don't think that you would think into like you wouldn't intuitive, intuitively think of as someone blind necessarily doing or thinking of to you know get a sense of where they are that that are in there I, sorry I can't think of an exact example but you know the whole chapter was really full of of that kind of insight that I wouldn't have expected him to have on his own Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, each night she has brought a bitter tasting milk brought to her by the waif. It makes Arya want to throw up, but she chugs it down anyway. She knows that if she asks for her sight back, they will kick her out. She learns how to navigate the house of black and white with um, some close calls along the way, almost falling down the steps. And there are many lessons that she's undertaking one of them being in poisons in the afternoon language lessons and then at supper time and the evenings are for this lying game mm-hmm. yeah. what is this bitter tasting milk is this is is this what's keeping her blind yes i, know. I was like what is this like moonshine <laughs> it sounds like whatever it is is keeping it's, her blind. Yeah. I interpret it as it's what's yeah. keeping her blind. I, yeah. Yeah, then I they give have her the no idea. Yeah, place. but what is it? What's it's, doing it? It's blind shine. <laughs> blind, blind shine. I don't know if there's like any substance. Well, I mean, there are. There's. They always say there's stuff that would make you go blind. I. I honestly don't know what that would be. To the Google machine. <laughs> I'm not. Is there that. alcohol poisoning that can make you go blind? My yeah, but I mean, yeah. she's like what, like nine? I mean, yeah. I, I hate to think what that would be, 
like long term, that would be a really stupid move for the House of Black and White. I mean, she's dead by the time she's twelve. All I thought is oh, yeah. medications that can cause like um, injury to your like nerves and like some corticosteroids oh. and things like that. But yeah, I mean, but then she gets it back pretty. Term. I mean, yeah, jumping ahead, term. I mean, she gets her vision back, and most of yeah. that stuff Overnight, takes yeah. nerve and, and, damage. And, and, takes oh yeah, take and years nerves, to repair. And, and, and magic. Yeah. Most of it doesn't come back. Like glaucoma doesn't. Once you have glaucoma, it doesn't. You know what I mean? Some yeah, damage don't, is permanent. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that back. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'm yeah, so going with magic. Yes, yeah, or that <laughs> magical. <coughs> I mean, magic <coughs> seems like the most reasonable. <laughs> yeah, that seems reasonable. Magic's the most logical. Yeah, the sure. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> so I guess with this lying game she's getting better at it um, she's learning how to hear lies and feel the play of muscles around the mouth and eyes and I guess because the waif is allowing her to feel her face at times when they play and after some time Aria is also able to feel currents in the air as they hit her skin she can smell the difference between men and women and she can identify people by the way they walk except of course the waif and the kindly man because they're ninjas. Uh, <laughs> one of her duties was to search out the bodies of the dead um, within the temple. And then she says they too have a smell. I'm like, well, duh. But anyway, <laughs> I don't even need to be going this undergoing this training to know that. <laughs> so she finds a younger man with an unlined face and an older woman still warm to the touch. And um, after she finds them, they're carried away. And then she identifies the coins in their purses. The woman has none. The man has four golden dragons. I didn't even bother researching this, but it, there's got to be some theories, right? <laughs> yeah, like, who is, I mean, I think, like, the old woman is supposed to just, I mean, I kind of interpreted her as just an old woman, and, like, you know, the whole thing about her, you know, going by the candle that's supposed to evoke, like, the memories of her past, and, you know, how she died with a smile on her face and stuff, like, just kind of, like, the nice side of, you know, of what yeah. they're doing, but then the young man <laughs> with you know, the dark curly hair and stuff. It was, I was like, is this supposed to be, you know, is this supposed to be someone? Is this supposed to like ring a bell with us at all? And I don't I know. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I just felt like there was a lot of descriptive, like some details. Like there's, like some, there's well, something yeah. that you should be yeah. paying attention to. He had four ring, like four rings with dragons and stuff, but he had dark curly hair. So that was sort of, um, you know, that I didn't quite understand. So, yeah, no idea. And then to be a young man at this and, place. Like, yeah, well, and, like, wealthy, I would assume, from, yeah. you know, the rings and everything. Well, and four dragons is actually quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. gold I mean, dragons. Not yeah. for, like, the Lannisters, but for normal people. No, 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 the the rings, I think, were yeah. four dragons. Oh, I thought oh, okay. the coins. I thought there was I thought, coins. I thought oh, there were coins? Four golden coins. Uh, okay. Dragons. So she's interrupted um, by someone, and when she asks who is there, the reply, of course, is no one. And then they engage in a game of beat a blind girl with a stick. (laughs) She takes a fair bit of a beating, and she thinks, if I had my eyes, I could beat him bloody. When the lesson is done, she reflects on all the personas she's taken on. She liked being Cat the best, but she killed her when she killed that singer. She had went outside the codes of the House of Black and White and him with of many faces. 
So in the evening, the waif helps Arya prepare for her outing as a beggar girl. Her head is was shaved the night they took her eyes, and the waif gives her pox scars and a fake mole with dark hair, like poking out of it. <laughs> Arya asks if it's ugly, and I just grabbed a little passage here. She replies, it is not pretty. Good. She had never cared if she was pretty, even when she was stupid Arya Stark. Only her father had ever called her that. Him and Jon Snow sometimes. Her mother used to say she could be pretty if she would just wash and brush her hair and take more care of her dress the way her sister did. To her sister and sister's friends and all the rest, she had just been Arya Horseface. But they were all dead now. Even Arya. Everyone but her half-brother Jon. Some night she heard talk of him in the taverns and brothels of the Ragman's Harbor, the black bastard of the wall. One man had called him. Even John would never know blind Beth, I bet. That made her sad. Oh, God. Hmm. I thought it was interesting, though, that she never, you know, she doesn't think of him as the Lord Commander, which I thought was kind of, um, kind of weird. Like, you would think there'd be some... You know, you would think there'd be some recognition of that. And then you'd also think, like, you know, she's at the House of Black and White. I don't think she has some burning desire to be a ninja. I think she just doesn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. And having John as the Lord Commander would seem to be potentially a, you know, a place where she, you know, having him in a position of power would yeah. seem to make me think that that would she would think that would be a place that she could go like that would be an out for her i don't so it's sort of weird that it I doesn't think mention it i think that's her being a child because at some point like i'm going back to the dim recesses of the first time i read this book like the first time she's meeting the kindly man i seem to recall he offers to send her home yeah and she's afraid you know she doesn't as far as she's concerned there's no, I mean, she's a kid. She doesn't really, I mean, I think we tend to forget that she's a child, but she's a child and they don't think logically. I mean, does Arya, I have a question. Does Arya think that Bran and Rickon are dead? She thinks everyone's dead. dead. Yeah. Why would she think Sansa's dead? Uh, I think because Sansa's missing, isn't, I think she knows she knows uh, what's going on with like, Sansa, Sansa being accused of okay. Joffrey at this point, right? Cersei killed her. But she knows John is alive, and she knows John. You know, she should know that John is in a position of power. So it just seems kind of it seems why kind of weird. Go to him, you go mean? To him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be a thought. Is it the wall? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, she thinks about this in in Storm. I think going to John when she makes the decision to go to Bravos. Mm. I can't remember what her reasoning is for not doing. It. I know she thinks about it. I think again, I know she has like shame about what she's, she's you know done. about what she's done. Yeah. I I just think like I just had dinner with like my godson and you know he's like ten and you know they don't. They they don't think logically is all I'm gonna say. I mean they just what do you do? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, won't, I won't. His mother would have a fit if I was. But like they just don't like you know. It's like oh you know when something is brought up with why the hell did you just do that you know and yeah. I, I think it's just a child thing and their brains aren't fully developed and 
you know, yeah, she should know she could go to her brother, but I don't think she's... And she's she has a deal. So I don't think she wants to. I mean, don't you guys think she's on she's on this quest for revenge? I mean, like, yeah, she's I, intentionally seeking to become an assassin right now. You no, know, <laughs> I know the original outline. We know that she does go there, so it's sort of yeah. you know, it's sort of like like she's out, you know, and we know she's well. I think we all assume she's going to go back to Westeros. So it's just yeah, you know, like again, it, it's sort of like she, you know, it's sort of like she's one of the. Um, She's one of the issues with the lack of a five-year gap. <clears throat> Were they supposed to be obviously older? Obviously, she's going to be... Well, I think... In the know, original outline? Were they supposed to be older? Because he, he maybe it's either he's not able to write someone young, not young enough, but he writes them as if each one of them is three or four years older. Like, they don't right. seem age-appropriate. I mean, well, they haven't seen age-appropriate since, since yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, they've been... I mean, like, their mental thought processes don't seem quite... You know what I mean? They seem a little too mature. Even Rickon, like, God, like, the things Rickon does and set, like, they just don't seem, like, they seem at least a few years older, each of them, the way they, you know, think, the way he I writes them. I kind of wonder like, how much acquaintance he has with actual children at times. Yeah, he doesn't have kids, so, I mean. Well, so, or if he just doesn't know any, because that's a, a very <laughs> typical thing to think they're yeah. more. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I definitely feel like, though, he does differentiate, like, the kids' chapters from the adult chapters in the way that he yeah, writes. Yeah, they don't them, seem though. totally adult, but they no. still feel no. like two or three years older to me than, than what they're supposed to be. Yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. And, yeah, it probably is a function of, of the the lack of the five-year five year gap. Because we know, like, by the time you get the Mercy chapter that exists <laughs> in Wins, um, you know, that's clearly supposed to be an older Arya, and he's having to work with a younger I one. I mean, mm. a life experiences, though, too, right? Your typical <laughs> nine-year-old isn't going to be going through this, right? I mean, so maybe that's his thought. Yeah, maybe he's thinking that way. Maybe he's thinking, well, if they're aged up, or you know, if they're supposed to be living you know, more rough lifestyle or whatever, it ages them and could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think Kinda... giving him too much, too much credit, but... <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. The night in Bravos when Arya goes out is a foggy one, and she can tell by the dampness in the air. She can feel the heat of R'hllor, um, uh their fires, uh, the the worshippers' fires, and she can hear them chanting. For the night is dark and full of terrors. And Arya thinks, "Not for me," and she thinks of her wolf dreams. Arya chooses a new place to beg every night. The innkeepers are more tolerant if uh, she's not hanging around there too much. She goes to Pintos, um, this former pirate's tavern, and she thinks that he's soft-hearted and he sometimes gives her bread and ale. She's in luck um, because the inn is relatively empty and she finds a nice spot near the fire. And then this cat brushes up against her and she whispers to the cat, you know me, don't you? The inn gets busy and she listens to a group of Lassini men. They speak in low tones, but she can hear almost every word. She thinks she could almost see them through the eyes of the cat. With her intel, Arya is ready to share with the kindly man. She tells him um, the ship Goodheart was seized by the Sea Lord because they had slaves forbidden in Bravos. They were wildling women and children taken from hard home. Another ship called the Elephant took slaves too, and that one might be back at Lys. Um, the Lassini, she overhears, um, thinks that there might be more ships heading back to hard home to get more wildling slaves. 
they are in demand. Slaves are. Uh, the kindly man tells her this is good info and asks what her third piece of information is. And then she says, I know you are the one who has been hitting me. And then she whacks him in the knuckles with her stick. Yeah. And then I just got the last passage selected to read out. I saw you. I gave you three. I don't need to give you four. <clears throat> Maybe on the morrow, she would tell him about the cat that had followed her home last night from Pintos, the cat that was hiding in the rafters, looking down on them. Or maybe not. If he could have her secrets, so could she. That evening, Uma served salt-crusted crabs for supper. When her cup was presented to her, the blind girl wrinkled her nose and drank it down in three long gulps. Then she gasped and dropped the cup. Her tongue was on fire, and when she gulped with a cup of wine, the flames spread down her throat and up her nose. Wine will not help, and the water will just fan the flames, the wave told her. Eat this. A heel of bread was pressed into her hand. The girl stuffed it in her mouth and chewed, swallowed. It helped. A second chunk helped more. And come the morning, when the night wolf left her and she opened her eyes, she saw a tallow candle burning where no candle had been the night before. Its uncertain flames swaying back and forth like a whore at the happy port she had never seen anything so beautiful i just love this so much <laughs> this is why i picked this yeah. chapter like just this was so freaking badass <laughs> i mean she's gonna bring down the whole motherfucking house of black and white isn't she <laughs> like she's like totally gonna destroy them <laughs> It'd be awesome that part would be good yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. without even you know because like they have no idea what they they have no idea what they've gotten themselves into. Yeah, no, like, it's like I can't imagine. They must be like after you know whenever when she's gone for the night. Like who is this chick? Like <laughs> right, this is like, way to accelerate it. They're giving her all of these skills, and then she adds in like the warging and stuff, and it's just like oh god, she is. She's kind of unstoppable. <laughs> Which seems like it's the um, seems like it's the point. The stuff with yeah. hard home though is like just yeah. heartbreaking. Oh, I God, had forgotten. Terrible. I remember that the, they had been picked up by slavers, but I didn't realize about the one ship, the elephant, the one that, um, or the one that got seized. Yeah, that one. I had forgotten about that. Well, it's kind of like an interesting way, you know that the whole universe is interconnected here in that, you know, the reason that slaves are in demand is because of, you know, Danny outlawing slave, you know, Danny yeah. taking over slavers Bay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I find like with this chapter, even though like she's in this really grim place and it just, it's just, it's, you know, you can see why I like it because you know me, I like my whole <laughs> stuff. A lot like the dark. <laughs> I do. Um, but the other thing is, it's just it's a kind of a hopeful chapter too, and I kind of feel like with these books, you kind of cling on to that any little bit of hope you can get with these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I do. Well, I mean, it's, and it's it's refreshing that she kind of you know she's playing her own game. Like, you know, as much as, you know, part of this training of being a faceless man is about becoming no one, she's specifically not doing that because there are things she's specifically refusing to let go of. And that's kind of cool. It, that's why there's so much hope in it for me. So you can just tell she's she's gearing up to go back and, yeah. you know, wreak whatever havoc she's going to wreak. Well, and just, you know, beyond like her skills that give her power, like she's a more powerful personality than, you know, 
than the House of Black and White can handle. Like, she's better than they are. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, that's kind of amazing yeah. that this, you know, these are these assassins. Like, we've seen what, you know, Jack and Hagar is, and, and, you know, we've seen all of that, and yet, you know, this little girl is, you know, already a, more than a match for him. Hmm. You know, you kind of forget, like, you know, just because Arya is a bit off the canvas in a way, like, you kind of forget, like, just how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of wish, like, that the people who adapt, well, try to adapt, we haven't had an actual adaptation, um, had actually, like, they have her being this sort of remorseless killer, and it's, like, one of the things I love so much about Arya is that, you know, throughout this, like I said, she retains her identity, yeah, I mean, even at this point in in this chapter, if you asked, you know, she still thinks she should have killed Darian. Like yeah, she doesn't. She's start. not buying into like any of you know. She's this... like actively not buying into anything in the House of Black and White at all. Like she's yeah. just taking the training, but she's not like believing in it. Yeah, well, and it's like the war gang. It's like her Stark blood just is holding on to her so tightly, and it's like you know she's like doing what Ned would do and executing a deserter from the Night's Watch, you know? I mean, like, she <laughs> yeah. is just absolutely still a Stark underneath yeah. it all. Yeah. Well, she's thinking about her family, and, you know, it's it's all there. I you think know, I interrupted Eon. I'm sorry. Oh. I... No? No? No. Okay. <laughs> just, just like, oh, I don't apologize. I take it back. <laughs> how, you know, how is she? Is she just going to leave the House of Black and White, do you think? Or is she going to, like... fuck them them up before she leaves well I mean there's this question of whether someone can leave because you know there are slight theories that Varys may have trained as um, a faceless man and so it's like is it possible to leave we don't really know because you know he's able to do these disguises and stuff and it's like is it because Uh, he was with these mummers or is it in fact because he was a faceless man we don't really know but um, yeah, I mean, if she wants to get away, if they if there isn't a way out, then yeah, she would pretty much have to destroy them to get away. I would think. Is that why he gets kids to kill instead of him doing it? I'm thinking of Varys of him actually doing it himself because their whole code is like you don't get to choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah, he kills Kevin. He's like, I found a loophole. <laughs> Murders <laughs> children. <laughs> I feel like he uses children honestly because they're short and can get into places. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think oh, it's because point. he gets them young and trains them, and they're incredibly loyal because they got absolutely nothing else. It's like child mm-hmm. soldiers. I, I don't. Candy. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, they're all. And yes. he kept their cuts their tongues out. I mean, where are they going to go? Yeah, I mean, the House of the Black and White. That's kind of like she's going to trade school. So I mean, if she drops out, she still owes a debt. <laughs> Like college loans, you know. (laughs) That is awesome. Oh. (laughs) All right. Any parting shots for this one before we wrap it up? I'm just terrified of the student loan debt collection. (laughs) (laughs) Pay with your life. Fanny Mae. It's like the Fanny (laughs) Mae. Literally signed in blood. Alrighty. Um, let's. Any, or, do we have any mail? Did anybody get the mail? <laughs> this is a, This is going out Christmas Eve. This is uh, December twenty fourth, right? Yeah. So. 
Merry Christmas, everybody. Should be some very late mail. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Merry Christmas. Those who partake. Yeah. Who knows what the world will be like like, by the time you're listening to this? Oh, God. Such dread. Anyone with student loans will be, you know, on a chain gang for Betsy DeVos. Oh, God. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sure sure I'm glad we have drunk cast to look forward to next. All right. Well, let's see. If you'd like to send us some um, messages, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at door podcast. And please consider sending us a Christmas present and supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> uh, you can find us at close the door and come here on Patreon. Um, I think that's going to be it. Thanks, everyone. Happy holidays. Closing the Happy door. Holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Love ya. Get out, though. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my family. <laughs> <laughs>